Salve and salutations. My name is Charles Chestnut. This is Storied History, and this story is about Valentine's Day. I think a lot of people are under the impression that Valentine's Day is a corporate holiday created by the greeting card companies, or perhaps the candy companies, to sell little heart-shaped antacids masquerading as candy. This is incorrect. Valentine's Day actually has deep origins. It's not just older than chocolate companies, it's older than chocolate. The roots of Valentine's Day actually go back thousands of years to a Roman fertility festival. Lubercalia was celebrated between February 13th and 15th, with the primary celebration being on February 14th. There was a blood sacrifice, and young women would be lightly slapped with goat skin in order to encourage fertility. But don't take my word for it. There's an actual description given by one of the great Roman historians, Plutarch. Many of the noble youths and of the magistrates run up and down throughout the city, naked, for sport and for laughter, striking those they meet with shaggy thongs, and many women of rank also purposely get in their way, and like children at school present their hands to be struck believing that the pregnant will be thus helped in delivery and the barren to become pregnant. So February 14th was originally a fertility festival. Not uncommon at that time. So February 14th was initially a fertility festival. Not all that uncommon at the time. There were many such festivals at that time of the year celebrating rebirth and birth. And while all of this was going on, the early centuries of the Catholic Church were producing saints. Now, no one is actually sure who Saint Valentine really was. It is very likely that he was two people, both executed on February 14th, but in different years. Valentine of Tierney was a bishop. The Roman emperor had decided that single men make better soldiers because you can't have them thinking about their wives and their children, they might not want to die. So he forbid all of his soldiers to get married. All of them. Valentine began to marry Roman soldiers in secret. It was quite literally love that defied an emperor. He was caught, imprisoned, and executed. The second Valentine was Valentine of Rome. He was imprisoned for teaching Christianity, and while imprisoned, he fell in love with the jailer's blind daughter. He performed a miracle, restoring her sight, taught her to read, and before his execution, wrote her a letter signed, Your Valentine. As legends go, and as certainly as Catholic legends go, these are good ones. And who knows, they might even contain a grain of truth. What we do know for sure is that the Lupercalia Festival in Rome began to become much more wild. Several centuries later, women were not just being slapped on the hands, but on their bare butts, with goatskin now soaked in blood, creating red marks, also thought to encourage fertility and birth. A lottery was introduced, where men and women would submit their names to be drawn from a large pot. The winners were encouraged to pair up and to be fertile. And nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say no more. 
A Pope Glacius I decided that this was all too hot and he needed to cool it down. So in the 5th century, he declared February 14th to be St. Valentine's Day. The Romans put their clothes back on, ended the blood sacrifices and butt slapping. But still, they continued to celebrate in that time-honored way by just getting drunk. Centuries passed. And during this time, now known as the Middle Ages, a very strange phenomenon began to take root. Courtly love and the romantic notions of chivalry. This began as a type of fiction, literally fictional literature. Stories were told centuries before the printing press. Stories about heroes and ladies, about forbidden love, virtue, and knights wearing eternal devotion to their lady, adoring Lily from afar. Consummation of the secret love and the endless adventures to avoid detection. Stories like Beowulf, Tristan and Isolde, and of course, King Arthur. Guinevere and Lancelot, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. These stories were powerful. Although they began as fiction, they began to shape how people viewed the world. And the highly romantic nature of love was in ascendance. This new form of stylized love and attraction was essentially a dichotomy. The carnal nature of lust was replaced with something akin to longing, a spiritual need for something that is almost unattainable. Courtly love. Courtly love was something that existed somewhere between erotic desire and spiritual attainment. It was a love at once illicit and morally elevating. It was passionate, but disciplined. It is both human and transcendent. And it is worthy of celebration. Hence, Valentine's Day. The celebrations had begun to drift towards love rather than drunken lust. In 1375, almost 650 years ago, Chaucer, the man who wrote the Canterbury Tales, said, For this was sent on St. Valentine's Day, when every bird cometh there to choose his mate. That is the very first reference to St. Valentine's Day as a day of pairing off and coupling that exists. Alongside the rise of chivalry and romantic love came a celebration of classical European civilization, the Greeks and the Romans. So you get Cupid, the Greek god, son of Mercury and Venus. You get flowers. The rose from Aphrodite, the goddess of love, and my own personal favorite, the lily from the breast of Hera, the queen of the gods. And gifts. Part of courtly love is loving a lady from afar. Part of this romantic nature, sprung from the Middle Ages, comes with the effort of trying to win her affection and approval by means of sending letters and gifts and trinkets. So many, many trinkets. And they are still given from afar. Valentine's Day is currently the only holiday where the custom is perfectly not just acceptable, but almost preferable for the loving couples to send these highly personal gifts to someone instead of delivering them in person. 
Now, if your love did that on Christmas or on your birthday, you might be a little offended. Not on Valentine's Day. Here on Valentine's Day, it is almost expected that a young woman will receive flowers, trinkets, gifts, chocolates, whatever the case may be, from her lover, but not delivered by her lover. It's odd, really. If your Christmas gift was delivered or your birthday gift was delivered in this way, it's slightly offensive that the person did not take the time to give you the gift directly. But here in Valentine's Day, it's maybe simply just an opportunity to show off at your work or school. But what to send her? As Cogsworth said in Beauty and the Beast, there are the usual things. Flowers, chocolates, promises you don't intend to keep. No. That's not going to work. Love letters. Poetry. Podcasts. That's the ticket. That's the spark that lights the bonfire heart. In fact, the very first known Valentine's Day poem was written by a man named Charles, the Duke of Orleans, to his love many miles away. In 1415, he was imprisoned away from his wife, locked in the Tower of London. He wrote, God forgives him who has estranged me from you for the whole of the year. I am already sick with love, my very gentle Valentine. It's a little dark, but he was in prison. Valentine's Day continued to evolve over the centuries. Instead of blood, there were now roses. Instead of sacrifice came the hearts. The red of the rose, the white of the lily. Shakespeare wrote sonnets. Nor did I wonder at the lily's white, nor praise the deep vermilion in the rose. They were sweet but figures of delight drawn after you. You pattern all of those. But in the 1700s, it was common for friends and lovers to exchange small tokens of affection, and of course, small poems. In the middle of the 18th century, William Blake wrote, The modest rose puts forth a thorn, the humble sheep a threatening horn, while the lily white shall in love delight. Not a thorn, nor a threat, stain her beauty bright. It is not Shakespeare, but it has a certain charm. The love letter on Valentine's Day and the custom poems began to fall by the wayside, with the improvements in printing presses, technology, and the paper becoming very, very cheap. Printed cards began in the late 1800s. Even the pioneer girl herself, Laura Ingalls Wilder, had mass-produced name cards in the little town on the prairie. The final evolution came not with candy, but with cards. In 1913, the Hallmark cards began, and Valentine's Day was changed forever. Custom designs, custom valentines, are a dying art. Now, that perfect card you find in the grocery store will go out to thousands of others. So if you do choose to buy one of those, you should write something special. But, be careful what you write. You can get in trouble. When I was eight years old, we were required, we were told, that we had to give valentines to every person in the class, which I did, on, I think, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cards. I had a box of them, 
And late the night before Valentine's Day, I customized them so that every person in my class would have a special message or a joke. I remember staying up very, very late writing what I was sure was expert prose, something like Shakespeare. But, apparently, what a nerdy, bookish, eight-year-old boy finds funny is not what everyone else will find funny. I don't remember any of the jokes or the messages specifically, but I do remember getting in quite a lot of trouble. A little unfairly, I think, because I really didn't mean to insult anyone, although apparently I insulted almost everyone. But in my defense, heart really does rhyme with fart. I guess poets of the centuries have somehow missed that one. So on Valentine's Day, send a rose to your rose or lily to your lily. Try to make it customized. Maybe share a special Spotify playlist. And if you can't afford a diamond and ruby necklace like she deserves, make a podcast. Happy Valentine's Day. This has been Storied History. If you did enjoy it, hit the like button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. All of these things actually do matter, uh, I am told. They would help me out a very great deal. Or if that's too much of an effort, just stick around. There are other stories out there. I will go find them for you. If you subscribe, I'll get them to you.